Welcome to the Micah Micah podcast presented by Legendary Sports Network. I'm Mike here with Micah and Prime. This is a very special episode that we have today. We usually do once a week, but it's an emergency type of podcast. We've had trades. We have free agents signing in the NFL. So we said, we said, you know what? We have to come back and drop another podcast. So first, I want to start with you at, with Odell Beckham getting traded to the Cleveland Browns. This is not something that a lot of people saw coming. It was reported here and there, but nobody really knew if the Giants were going to pull the trigger and trade Odell. They traded Odell for uh, the 17th pick for Julius Peppers. and Not Julius Peppers. Um, Jabril Peppers. And uh, the second, third round pick in this year's draft. What are your thoughts on the trade? Um, my first reaction, I wanted to rip my head off. <laughs> because Odell is probably, he's not the best receiver, but he's probably the most dynamic receiver with the ball in his hands. So, you know, from going from A.B., playing him twice a year and him getting shipped off to Oakland, I was very, very happy that um, he left. So now we have to face the upcoming team like the Cleveland Browns. It's going to be hard, but, you know, I was very upset, but everything will work out itself. Did you think that it was fair compensation for uh, Odell going to the Browns, or do you think the Browns, like, won this? And it's not even close. The Browns won this trade. It's not even close. Whoever the Browns pick at 17, nine times out of ten, won't have the impact Odell does on that side of the ball, wherever they go offense or defense. Um, Jabril Peppers is is an okay player, kind of a bust since he went in the first round. Um, Then you give up a third-round pick, like – they they robbed him. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. Yeah. I go to you, Micah. Yeah, and that's you know that's kind of what I'm getting at too. I, I feel like the Giants got the short end of the stick here because the Browns with that 17th pick, if they go the DK route or if they go, uh, we had our um my, we had Andre Dillard. If even they go that route, the you know Odell is better than both of them. Right the bat, and now I switch to maybe how the Giants really lost this. On the Giants side, now you're in a funnel. Like, okay, you have you have great picks. You have two top twenty picks, but now you have two holes that need to be filled. Eli is not your guy, so you still got to go quarterback, and they're probably getting Haskins at one as their first pick, I should say. But now, if you want another dynamic playmaker, you probably have to go like DK, or you have to go somebody else. It puts them in, I feel like, a hole, really, because, first of all, it overvalues draft picks, and it makes it seem like um, Gettleman is uh, a kind of guy that really overvalues those type of things. But you lost an all-pro player for a draft pick. Like, you don't know how this draft pick is going to pan out, but you know what Odell brings to the table. I, I feel like the Giants put themselves in a rebuild mode instantly doing that. Um, they do have Saquon, but unless you're going to give Saquon 55 carries a game and run screens every play, and what really going to happen? I mean, Sterling Shepard is cool. I said Sterling Shepard. Um, yeah, Sterling. Yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah. The wide receiver, Sterling Shepard. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking somebody. Yeah, Sterling Shepard's cool, but that's it. Who? What else is that, yeah, that's it. it. They have it's, and, him, Evan, it's him and Saquon. Him, Evan Ingram, Ingram and Saquon, and Evan Ingram hasn't shown anything as a tight end in uh, the NFL. I think going for the Giants, I don't see there's a real point of taking Dwayne Haskins right now. Go ahead, it's go not. ahead and. 
play one more year with Eli Manning. Try to lose. Try to get a top pick so you can get maybe Justin Herbert or Tua next year because you're wasting a year of Dwayne Haskins. You 100% wasted a year of Saquon Barkley, and there's going to be a second year now that you're going to waste with him. I don't know what they're thinking because the running back's life is so short that for you to go ahead and say, you know what, we're going to draft Saquon and then for the next couple of years, we're just going to go ahead and tank. That doesn't make any sense. If that's the case, you should have gotten Sam Darnold last year. If you're going to trade Odell, don't sign him. Go ahead and trade him last year. You could probably gotten exactly. you could probably gotten the Browns number four pick that they got Denzel Ward with, and you would have had Saquon and Sam Darnold as your uh, top two picks. And that's a lot better looking into the future than right now, where they have no Odell. They have Saquon, who's uh, running back is only going to be good for six or seven years. Once their rookie contract is up, it's not really affordable to get uh, affordable to get him. And now you have Eli Manning just left in limbo. The and that was kind of the sentiment, if I could just interject real quick. That was kind of the sentiment even last year. It was like, well, the Giants could have definitely done something where they got the quarterback and the running back. Now, it's, like you said, it's a situation where, all right, so now we're still without a quarterback a whole year later, and now we're in a definite rebuild. So do we reach and get Haskins and throw him into a rebuild, which is not a good thing to do. I think you have to have more pieces in that scenario. But now if you do draft Haskins, who is, like you said, well, like I said, who is he throwing to? It's just a bad situation. I don't really like how the Giants played it. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Everybody's been talking about uh, how dysfunctional the Redskins uh, have been. The Giants these past couple of years have been probably one of the worst. Man, they lost their best <laughs> offensive player and their most productive the new player. The new Olivier Vernon. They are. <laughs> they switched spots, yeah. Which is, whew. Shout out to the Browns, though. And shout out uh, John Dorsey. I, I tweeted it yesterday. Probably the best cleanup job in this decade we've seen of an NFL yeah. team. Even, I mean, shoot, in three years, he took them to uh, 0-16, a kind of young kind of team with not a lot of, like, potential to a team that's ready for the playoffs today. Like, they're most likely going to get in the playoffs, whether it's wild card or winning the division. So, shout out John Dorsey. Yeah, that's my next question concerning the Cleveland Browns as a bigger picture. Do you – I think we all believe that they're going to make it to the playoffs. Where do you see their ceiling as? Do you see that they can make it to a Super Bowl – or do you see it as an AFC championship or just like a wild card team? Um, uh, year one, I'll say they're a wild card team and they're a very exciting wild card team at that. Um, who are they facing a wild card? It'd be one of those great games. It's like, well, we see the Browns on the rise. I don't see them as a Super Bowl team yet. That has to be, it's still, it's just, excuse me, it's still a lack of foundation in the Browns, even saying all the moves they just made. They're still two years off of losing every single game in the season. Now, they have done a lot of cleanup. They have done a lot of things. But let's give this time, this team time to mature and everything, um, see what they do with some of the contracts because they won't have to pay a lot of young players. But if you win with a lot of young players, a lot of young players like to play together, go in order. So we'll see how they do, but they're definitely a wild card team this year. Yeah, I would say um, right now in year one, a lot of different personalities, and I don't really – will. I don't really think nobody knows too much about Freddie Kitchens. I don't think or I don't know if he can handle all these types of body, you know, their personalities and things. So I think they'll get to the playoffs most definitely. Uh, but that year, too, I think they'll make it to the AOC championship game and, and and possibly play the Patriots or the Chiefs. And, you know, I, I can't even, you know, say who's going to win that game because at the end of the day, they – on paper, they have the most talent on offense and maybe even defense. So they they're a scary team. 
I don't know. I, I This may be just the initial hype of them being such a good team, but I could see the Browns being in the AFC Championship game next year. I see this as a better version of what the Rams did uh, last year with signing a lot of great players on one-year deals. This is a situation where they've locked up Jarvis Landry. They have Baker Mayfield, who I believe is better than Jared Goff and is not going to get afraid with the big moments. They have a number one receiver and number two, that one-two punch with Odell and Jarvis now. Have Still have a tight end with David Njoku. And then you look on the defensive side, they've gotten Denzel Ward. They have Miles Garrett. They have Vernon from the Giants. So they have all the pieces similar to what the Rams did last year. And we saw the Rams two years ago make the playoffs but be out in the first round. The Browns didn't make the playoffs last year, but if Baker Mayfield would have started from week one and Hugh Jackson was gone a little bit earlier, there's a chance that they could have been there. I could see them doing the same exact thing, being on that same path as what we've seen from uh, seen from the Rams in the NFC. But it's going to be interesting to see where all these teams uh, stack up and land. But I want to stay in the AFC North right now, and we're going to go to the Baltimore Ravens. And you got... Earl Thomas, you needed some some help in the secondary because once you see Odell coming through, you know some help in the secondary was definitely needed. Your thoughts on this deal, your thoughts on getting uh, Earl Thomas, and also Mark Ingram if you want to talk about him too since the Ravens signed him today. Well, when we signed Earl Thomas, I was currently at work. So I get on my <laughs> break and I see breaking news. We signed Earl Thomas. I honestly didn't even know how to feel because – the Ravens were not connected to Earl Thomas at all throughout this whole offseason. So, not one time. I think our new GM, Eric DaCosta, I think when he seen Odell go to the Browns, he knew he had to do something. Even though that Eric Weddle left, we had some young, promising players like Deshaun Elliott. You know, I think they was ready to, you know, kind of hand him the keys and see where they go. But Odell Beckham is just a different beast. So, they knew they had to sign a ball hawk and – uh, Earl Thomas. I think when healthy, he is the best safety, at least free safety in the league. And oh, yeah, definitely. With, with the agree. teams yeah. passing the ball a lot and the AFC, is he's going to be much needed. Eric Weddle, great, great safety, you know, can uh, handle the defense and, and be the leader, but he didn't have an interception in two years. So he didn't really, you know, bring any playmaking anything into, except for his first year when he came to Baltimore. Mark Ingram, Yesterday, I didn't really want Mark Ingram only because it was reported we were supposed to give him like eight to nine million. But when I seen we signed him today for only five million dollars, I mean, how can I really be upset? I mean, he, that's a that's a steal. That's a, yeah, he's not a he's not a number one back, but he's a high end number two. So you know, Mark Ingram, he's gonna you know run the ball up the middle and get the tough yard. So I'm excited about that. But right now, we just gotta find some receivers, and I think we'll be straight. Michael. Yeah, um, it's good to see that what the Ravens are doing. They're basically – they put themselves in a position where it's one and two in the AFC North, and you guys want to battle for that division win. I mean, the, the uh, excuse me, the division lead going throughout the season. Um, You guys really separated yourselves from the Steelers and the Bengals. Um, Earl Thomas, as you said, well, he's the best free safety. Some people think of the decade, which – I can't necessarily disagree with. Like, Earl Thomas has done amazing things on the field when healthy. Um, unfortunately, his Seahawks tenure didn't end well. But with the Ravens, I mean, this is a team that since 1996, since the inception, has been all defense all the time. And, you know, just seeing this is the legacy 
of you know great safeties and great players just want to stay home. So I think this is a great move for the culture of the Ravens, not just <clears throat> not just um for the you know the immediacy and what's going to bring to for next year. Um, I think one thing this helps out Lamar Jackson a lot. Um, as you saw last year, the defense was. Man, the defense saved y'all so much in certain scenarios, and defense actually showed up when they needed to. Um, going forward, I think this helps out the development of Lamar Jackson. He's not forced to be in situations where he has to play too much. Uh, he doesn't have to force the ball thirty-five times down the force the ball down the field thirty-five times. Um, you guys can keep the consistent run game, which signing Mark Ingram pro- uh, proves. You guys still need the number one receiver, but I think this helps really just balance out the roster. Uh. You guys basically swapped Eric Weddle for Errol Thomas. I think that's a win, so I can't complain. Yeah, I I like this deal. Similar with the uh, Redskins landing Collins deal, most of his money is coming within the next year, $22 million within the next nine months. So you're getting your best production and giving him his most money right now. Later on in the deal, it doesn't really affect either, uh, either party, and I think that's going to be amazing for uh, the Ravens. Everybody was talking about, well, we haven't seen them make moves. Uh, they're letting their defensive players walk. But going from Eric Waddle to Earl Thomas, along with that defense, that's still pretty good. I think the Ravens are pretty happy right now. Uh, in our mock draft, first mock draft, you had the Ravens taking the kill Harry in that first round. I think that's still going to be the move, get Lamar Jackson some help. Uh, Mark Ingram there, along with Gus, is I think it's going to be a nice one-two punch for the Ravens there. I I don't really worry about them. I, I do think that the Browns are right now – the best team in the AFC North, but if the Ravens could make a couple more moves and on offense, I think it's going to be a toss up because we saw them win the division last year. We saw how great that game was the last game of the season. Lamar Jackson is only going to get better with another year under his belt, a full season going in as uh, the starter. And I, I think it's going to be amazing all around for, uh, for the Ravens team. Earl Thomas is a game changer and that's going to be amazing. That's but, a, that Sunday night game, Browns and Ravens playoffs online. Whoop. Another one. It's gonna be. It's gonna be crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, th- I I think there's gonna be a chance that you guys are you guys are playing for uh, a playoff seed. There, it's kind of weird now that the Steelers and the Bengals are now the bottom two teams in the <laughs> AFC North. <laughs> yeah, the out. Steelers are. <laughs> yeah. What, when players don't want to sign with you, that's when you know. That's when you know you have a problem. Yeah. But talk, yeah, talking bad. about the Steelers, Le'Veon Bell, uh, former Steelers running back, s- signed a deal with the New York Jets. It was for more guaranteed money, but less uh, annual salary. Uh, the Steelers offered more, but Bell I, it just looked like maybe he wanted to get away from that Steelers franchise. But he did get more guaranteed money with 33 versus, I believe, the Steelers were only going to offer 10. So I want to throw it out to you guys. How did you feel about Le'Veon Bell signing with the Jets? This is a win for Le'Veon simply for the guaranteed money. And I think that was one of the biggest things and one of the biggest reasons he sat out. It was, you know, as a running back, your your market at this point in the league, the way uh, the way the league is going, you're not getting that. You're not going to get that deal. And a lot of guys were downplaying Le'Veon's, I guess, his upside. You know, uh, is he worth the guaranteed money? You saw the Steelers. Yeah, they gave him more of an overall, but – I believe it was more towards the back end and the guaranteed money was, you know, it wasn't it wasn't as much as what the Jets were offering. I think this is a win, especially in the running back market, because if you can sit out a whole year and your value is still that much guaranteed money, you proved your point. 
that you're a guy that can do this. You can sit out and still get the contract you need. And then going forward, running backs are going to not necessarily adopt the same, I guess, tactics, but they know their worth that, all right, the great running back is still a great running back, and I can do what I need to do to get this contract. So I think it's a, a great win for Le'Veon and the Jets, honestly. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was a little salty that he went to the Jets. Because, you know, imagine if we signed Le'Veon and then we signed Earl Thomas. Bull have mercy, but. Um, yeah, Super Bowl uh, Le'Veon going to the Jets, I mean, I guess it impacts me because my team is in the AFC, uh, in the AFC, however. But, I mean, he got his money. That's what he wanted. He got the, you know, 30-plus in guaranteed money. I think it was uh, really a slap in the face to the Steelers because, <laughs> you know, I mean, they did offer $10 million in guarantee, but I do think they should have offered, you know, a little more. If you offer him 25 and a chance to compete for a ring, does he really say no? Because he already knows he's not going to win a ring in New York. He literally just went there for the money. He went to the most money, so – I mean, he's a great player. Hopefully, the year off didn't hurt him because, you know, it's reported that he's, you know, he, he got overweight. Fat, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, he's been he overweight. He... So, I mean, hopefully, he plays good. My The Ravens and the Jets play this year. So, hopefully, we come out on top. Yeah. I, he's going back to the green and white Michigan State. That's when Le'Veon Bell was a, was a big boy then before he went yeah. to the Steelers. So, 240 days. <laughs> but. I have a question for you. And do you would you have rather had Le'Veon Bell uh, with that deal, or what you have now with Earl Thomas and Mark Ingram? I'd rather have Earl Thomas and Mark Ingram only because the Ravens are known for defense, and since Eric Weddle, Terrell Suggs, and Zadarius Smith left, you know I'd rather have Earl Thomas to kind of fill that void than signing Le'Veon Bell to replace, like, John Brown and stuff. You know, John Brown was a pretty good player, but we can easily replace him. Uh, Mark Ingram, you know, he's not a – he's not – he's not bad. Like, he's a pretty good running back. And you can – if you give me a pretty good running back and elite safety, I'll take that over just an elite running back. But, I mean, with with Le'Veon Bell, he, he also doesn't do it like just – he does it with the passing – and he does it with running the ball too. So you were getting, you'd get a lot of value from uh, Le'Veon Bell. But I do think you made the right decision going with defense and offense, where you get Mark Ingram on such a good deal because you have ability to sign so many other players now. Yeah, and plus with us getting Le'Veon, we wouldn't be able to make no moves even on defense. We would had to put our trust, which I mean, we've been doing good for the past years, but we had to put our trust in a lot of young players. So I think getting a, a an All Pro and a Super Bowl champion back there with Tony Jefferson is going is going to help the defense. Yeah, that that's that makes a lot of sense. Reese, before we started the podcast, it's just reported that Eric Berry will not be returning to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh. They got Tyron Matthew of free agency earlier this week. We talked about it on our uh, pod, our last podcast. Where do you think Eric Berry ends up signing? in the offseason, what jersey is he wearing when the season starts? I can't rule out New England. That would be a good fit for him. And the Green Bay Packers. I think those are – they signed Adrian Amos. I think that was a pretty good pickup for them. If they can get Eric Berry, they can solidify their safety spots. And they got a lot of young, good corners 
from last year they drafted. So that was solidified the the secondary. And this in this new age of NFL, your secondary Dang has Derek. to be it top has notch. to it has to be top notch because it's you got people throwing the ball fifty times like it's it's, it's pretty <laughs> unheard of, so you gotta you gotta show up the secondary. Um, I see a potential landing spot for Eric Berry being the Texans because they lost Tyron Matthew. Um, they need that you know they have a decent secondary, they have a decent team all around, but they need that guy to be able to really be a, a center field kind of guy. He can come in the box if he wants to. Eric Berry is a great player, and he, I think he still has some in the tank. Truthfully. Um, yeah, I wouldn't rule out the Packers either. Simply, uh, they need a high high replacement, and they, you can always use another great safety. Um, now, Mike, you did mention the Redskins, and I, I'll let you. I, I want you to explain that a little bit more to these people because I, I do like the idea of it, and it would mean we're letting Haha go. But I like the idea of pairing him with Landon, putting him at basically the center field kind of guy. So, I wouldn't rule out any of those three teams, but I definitely think the Texans will probably be the most likely. Yeah, I, I agree with you, uh, Micah, there with Texans. I think they could, we could literally see a swap of Eric Berry and Tyron Matthew just swapping uh, teams. But I did bring up the Redskins based off of this fact. I could see Eric Berry deciding to do a one-year prove-it deal. With what Landon Collins is going to be on the books next year at $4 million, with cutting uh, Zach Brown and uh, Pernell McPhee today, the Redskins have cleared up about 8 to $10 million, depending on uh, what the salary cap is looking like uh, what the salary cap is looking like with that 10 million million, you still have another six that you have from after you've signed AP again, who is returning back to the Redskins. You have 16 million there. If you're to say, you know what, let's see if we can make this defense something, get 13 million to Eric Berry and say, come here for one year. Let's see what you can do with Landon Collins. If this can be a one year experiment, if it's going to work out, I would say, go ahead and do it. It's, Works for both sides. Eric Berry gets to prove himself that he's still a top-notch safety. The Redskins, he gets $13 million guaranteed. He also gets to uh, – the Redskins also get a player who can cover where everybody's been talking about Landon Collins being more of a box safety. So you have that duo going back and forth. But I only want that to happen if they're not able to make a deal with uh, HaHa Clinton-Dix. And Ian Rappaport reported just a couple of minutes ago that HaHa Clinton-Dix is talking to the Bears right now um, – tonight and tomorrow because the skins are trying to get a deal done, but it doesn't look like anything is going right now. So if that doesn't work out, I could see them trying to go after Eric Berry on a one-year prove it deal. But I do really like the idea of him going to the Texans. And of course you can never, never rule out the Patriots. That's the one constant thing. They're not making any moves during free agency. Bill Belichick is on vacation right now, actually. And everybody else is scrambling. He's going to come back in a week or two and be like, okay, what do we got? I'll make it work. We're going to be back in the Super Bowl. That's the that's the funny say, thing about the Patriots. Say say right here that the um the Bears are hosting Ha Ha tonight and tomorrow. Yeah. Ooh, two days. Yeah, so it's man got an overnight visit <laughs> like like it's an official visit in college. <laughs> Finna show them around the city. So that's all right, but I mean, hey, the Bears trying to get their defense I, even better. That's whew, that's scary. Yeah, don't they already have Andy yeah. Amos? Like, nah, he's not. He's no. Eddie Jackson. Excuse yeah. me. They have Eddie, Eddie Jackson. Jackson yeah. yeah, they're and they're trying to make that defense even better. They're saying, "Mitch, we don't worry about what you have to do." We're Mitch. <laughs> so, be, who yeah. so who y'all want the Redskins to sign left now? Who left is on the market? I I would have went with Tyrod Williams, but he did just go to the Raiders. Shout out Mike Mayock, by the way. They're they're doing a lot of things over there, and they changed a lot of 
I it changed my mock draft at least for what the Raiders would probably do. But what the Redskins? Uh, who I think it's who was the yeah. um the wide receiver that got traded from the Lions to the Eagles? I'm blanking on his name. Golden Tate. Oh, uh, Golden that's Tate? that's who I that's yeah. what I like to see if they can get him for because I'm surprised he hasn't signed yet. If they can get him for a pretty pretty reasonable deal, you have Golden Tate, you have Paul Richardson, and maybe you go ahead and pick somebody up. Uh, in in the draft, I think you're starting to rebuild that wide receiver core, which is very depleted right now. Yeah, I mean, I'll have to agree with that. Um, and I think if you go that route, then if you get a taller wide receiver, more on the uh, more on the tall side, I should say, because both uh, Paul Richardson and Golden Tate are under six foot. If you do that, and let's say in the second round you or third round you get a guy like Anthony Johnson or um, <clears throat> Whiteside from. I believe it's Stanford. Yeah, I believe. What, what about, uh, yeah, what about you get, AJ Brown? Is he a? I've, I've heard like I've I, heard. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard things about AJ Brown. I personally, I haven't looked too deep into it, but I know that he's a guy that does have a lot of. Uh, I don't want to say deep ball potential, but a lot of uh, playmaking potential. I can say, but he is a, a taller guy, so we'll see what they do. I don't know, but I really do like the Golden Tate. Yeah, I like how, I like that fit a lot. Yeah, I I think I think right now we're doing pretty fine. If we don't sign anybody else, and this is the team that we're rocking with for the season, yeah. that's fine. The draft is coming up, and that's where we fill out the rest of our walk roster. We can pick up a couple of guys here for one or two million dollars for just depth purposes. But besides that, I I think that we're fine. What about you, Ant? What do you think? Is there anything else you want to see your Ravens do this uh, this off season? Um, I want us to get KJ Wright. From the Seahawks. Seahawks. Yeah, he's an unrestricted free agent right now. Hopefully, you know, C.J. Mosley, it was a good run stopper. But like I said, this new age, you got to be able to cover. Uh, We have some pretty good rookies from last year and a couple, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, we had this linebacker named Peanut, we call him. He made the play to uh, force the fumble against the Chargers in the regular season game. He's pretty good. But if we can get uh, K.J. Wright, uh, you know, he's kind of solidified. He can hold down the fort. And Bruce Irvin, the pass rusher, he played on the Raiders. You know, he did not show great effort. But at the time, I mean, who really would? You're playing who would for, care about playing for the Raiders? Yeah, the Raiders you're then, playing yeah. for John Gruden. <laughs> so I would like to try to be, uh, beef up more on the defensive side. And, you know, the receivers aspect, it's not – I'm tired of the Ravens getting these older guys. Like, we – we always wait for people to get cut, and they get cut for a reason, you know. The only guy who's really be able to really do something who got cut was Anquan Bowden. So I'm tired of we need to get – they've never drafted a young receiver for Joe Flacco and them to grow together. So they need to just start drafting receivers, and they'll just have to deal with the growing pains. But I want K.J. Wright and um and uh, Bruce Irvin. Yeah, and the remaining – Top uh, free agents right now are Ronald Darby, Jared Cook, uh, Justin Houston is still out there, Ziggy Ansa, Golden Tate. Ooh, Ziggy Ansa is a good one. Yeah, he's good. Good mm-hmm. pass rusher. I wouldn't be mad if Retson got him. Uh, Marcus Golden, Steven Gutskowski, kicker from the uh, Patriots, Nadabikin Sue, which is surprising that he's still, he's still out there right now, and KJ Wright, like Ant said. So we'll be watching the rest of that free agency market as the week goes on. We may be back for another podcast. There's a there's been a lot going on. We weren't planning on having two podcasts this week, but with the news that we got with the Odell Beckham, we knew that we had to put one out. But for Mike, for Micah, and for Prime, we'll see you guys next week here on the Micah Micah podcast. Peace.